I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's How Do We Fix It with Richard and Jim. Online dating, how it works and can it help? Shirley Markowitz of Dating Ring. The biggest problem with these dating apps is that people now think that there's this endless bucket of people in the world and that they can just keep saying no and no and no and no and no. It's something that really comes up a lot and I really try to push people. You know, a guy that's 40 is like, I don't want a woman that's 34. Can you give me like 30, 28? And it's like... Dude, you're 40. People tend to not smile a lot in photos. Smiling is really important because a lot of times people end up thinking that, you know, maybe you're like a Debbie Downer or just... Well, it works for Kanye. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How How do do we we fix it? it? How do we fix it? Ready? Ready. Ready. So, Richard, it's just before Valentine's Day, and we are in the lower Manhattan offices of an online dating company. And online dating is a really big thing. According to Pew Research Center, usage of online dating has tripled among millennials since just 2013, and online dating sites among 55 to 64-year-olds has doubled. Yeah, but at the same time, acceptance has grown. Consumer Reports did a survey that said they found some of the lowest customer satisfaction they'd ever seen when they surveyed people about online dating sites. Yeah, even lower than cable companies, which, which is, is kind of hard to believe. Yeah, so. I actually hate my cable company. So. <laughs> that voice belongs to the CEO of Dating Ring, Shirley Markowitz. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy to have you guys here. A lot of people who listen to our show listen to a bunch of other podcasts. Your company was featured on Startup. Correct. uh, The Gimlet podcast. What was that experience like? That experience was incredible. The truth of the matter is, is if you listen to that podcast, um, it really saved our company. We were struggling a bit and the platforms and the amount of reach that it had brought in so many new members from all over the world. But in general, it grew our user base 200%. So your site 
is a new type of dating site. New York Magazine described it as a tech-assisted yenta. What did they mean by that? That is actually a great way to put it. Um, so essentially, we kind of tried to combine the technology of dating sites, but what we feel that the dating sites are missing is the human element. So we do have specific algorithms that you know eliminate specific filters like age, height, religion, things like that. But when it comes to the actual matching, you're getting curated matches through a matchmaker. So instead of just basing all of your choices on a photo and maybe a random blurb that somebody Somebody worked, able, on th- that somebody worked on for three days or three seconds if you're on Tinder. Um, yeah, we really tried to bring the human element back to it because I feel like that's what's really lacking in all of those other dating sites. We were talking about the unpredictability of some of the dating platforms that are out there. But it's worth remembering there's a lot of messiness and unpredictability in regular life when people meet. And I noticed in your company profile, it said that you had an experience of an alien-themed yeah. date. <laughs> that, that yeah. Apparently, that no further description of that was included, but uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting, and I think that's a part of what we try to fix with the way that we date, is that we get to meet people and really get to know their personalities. What you do on other platforms, technically, is you are talking to someone, you like someone's photos, right? You're attracted to them, and then you go ahead and you look at their two-second blurb or you text with them for five minutes and then you go on a date but that actually doesn't give you any basis of who the person is what you're looking for if you're compatible at all um and apparently when i went on this date off of one of the sites i did not have the information that he was really really into aliens and it just came up doesn't that, it just go without saying yeah i know i mean and you know that's fine i'm i'm, I'm willing to talk about aliens for you know five minutes ten minutes It's not something that I really put a lot of thought into, and it's something that he clearly felt very passionately about that we ended up talking about for an hour. So your company is is attempting to save people time. Exactly. That's really what it is, is that we find that, you know, on paper, someone can write really eloquently and sound really interesting and smart and whatever and then you meet them in person and they have a completely different personality you know in marketing there's this idea of the tyranny of choice i mean people have done studies if somebody thinks they need ketchup and they go to the store and there's four kinds of ketchup they pick one but if there's 40 kinds of ketchup sometimes they're kind of overwhelmed and they could actually leave the store without buying anything do you think there's something like that going on with dating not necessarily that they don't wind up going on any dates but there's this expectation of constant churn and kind of a dissatisfaction. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. The biggest problem with these dating apps is that people now think that there's this endless bucket of people in the world and that they can just keep saying no and no and no and no and no. You know, even with our site. Or next and next Yes, and next exactly. And next. Because they're like, eh, this one's okay, but I think I can do better. And with our site, we even try to limit... Um, you know, you're guaranteed one date when you're paying uh, as a paying member. Well, t- tell about that. I mean, another way that you limit and make sure people are serious is they have to commit some money to this. Right. Well, you actually can sign up for free because if you didn't sign up for free, that would limit our pool. Right. right. And we want to be able to match with as many people as possible. But what we do for sure is we try to limit the amount of matches that they do get. So even though the paying members are guaranteed one, we try not to inundate them with too many so they've got to commit to 
you actually limiting their choices. Yes, exactly. So it's really about uh, trusting the matchmaker. And obviously, we don't know everything. You know, we can't claim that. And there's one thing that we cannot guarantee is chemistry at the end of the day. But we get to know them. And based on all of the feedback that they're giving us and kind of the insight we get and also the feedback that we receive from when they go on dates from the other daters that they're with. So, you know, they can present so themselves. It's kind of, I mean, everybody yeah. wants every business to be Uber for something, but it is a little bit like Uber that way. Yeah, two-way feedback. you know, it's funny. Originally, when our founders were in Y Combinator, that's kind of how they presented the company as uh, an Uber for dating. Obviously, um, we're not on-demand dating. Because we are human matchmakers, the scaling of it is not as easy to do as like a tinder where we can afford to be in every city really quickly um so so that hands-on kind of limits your size yes exactly and we're okay with that because we feel like that improves our quality versus our quantity it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is How Do We Fix It? Okay, so... I arrive at Dating Ring for the first time. Yes. And Welcome. you interview me. What is the biggest mistake that most people make about how they present themselves? Um, that's a great question. It is. Um, it is yeah. a great question. <laughs> I don't know if there's a mistake necessarily. Um, I think one huge thing is photos that we work on with people that are like they have crappy photos they have crappy photos um we're in a selfie era which i'm okay with in your personal life but i think for the dating world you know it just cuts you off all at the same angle especially the guys that like to do the shirtless ones in the mirror like i think (laughs) those are they're not very not not necessary um but i think photos is one thing i think that can a photo be too good um, no, a photo can never be too good. A photo, <laughs> if, if it's a good photo, it's a good photo. So there's no such thing as a photo that's too good. But, but what kinds of photos work really well? So I think ones that work really well are ones that showcase your personality. People tend to not smile a lot in photos. Smiling is really important because a lot of times people end up thinking that, you know, maybe you're like a Debbie Downer or just... Well, it works you know, for Kanye, and, right? Yeah, he anyone never smiles that, in photos. Yeah, anyone that can show that they have this enthusiasm or optimism about life is always great. Um, I think people can have photos with other people in them as long as... Make sure no one's overshining you. You know, make you don't stand next to the hottest person in the room in the photo. <laughs> and, and maybe take it outside. 
Yeah, outside, I think one activity photo is nice to kind of show whatever it is that you're into is fine. Um, I try to tell people to avoid those generic photos of like doing yoga on the beach. I get that you love yoga and that's really wonderful, but we can showcase that in our match blurbs. Don't do anything too blurry. A lot of people try to get too artistic with it. So like anything that can showcase how you really look. So one up close shot for sure. One body shot because everyone wants to know the full package um and then anything else in between other than avoiding selfies i think is fine well let me let me rephrase it and ask what is the mistake that people make when they're searching for others right i mean i think the mistake there is that we all are just so limited um in our view of what we think is good for us There are people that may not be in the field that we expect them to be. So do you tell people to be more open-minded? Oh my God, that's like our mantra on everything. And and you also said to me, take yourself down a peg or two, right? Yeah, you know, and not in like a mean way, but I think that everyone and, you know, including myself, you know, while some of us may be insecure, we expect that maybe we are on a higher level than some of the people that we're saying no to. And... Sometimes I want to be like, listen, that person said no to you too. I think that where, wherever you are, I don't mean take yourself down a notch in your confidence or who you are, but like be more open to people and things like that. So you mentioned you want to line up people's interests and stuff, but you also said that sometimes people have successful relationships with people who don't have the exact constellation of interests. And speaking from personal experience, I'm really, really interested in music. My wife is also interested in music, but when we met interested in a completely different type of music, which has actually been for us a really fruitful exchange. So I do think that there is something to be said for not just meeting up with somebody and saying, oh my gosh, we have everything in common. Yeah, absolutely. We can be more open. And and that aligns with interests. I think that aligns with height is a huge one um, that I really try to encourage women on. I was a height snob myself. um, And I've come to learn that it is not important. It's the quality of the person that you're with at the end of the day. What about race? Has that been something that's been difficult for your company to handle racial bias? Absolutely. Race is a, a really tough one. And I'll have people that they come into the meetings and it might say white only. In the meetings, I try to push them and I say, okay, is it white only like hard, hard rule? Or is it possible that we could say white highly preferred, but would be open for a potential match? Because obviously we're groomed to whatever we're attracted to and I can't change that. But I think that sometimes attractive is attractive to you at the end of the day right like if someone is good looking and if especially if they line up with what you're looking for in a partner it's a shame to me that we would close that door entirely and we have a lot of people that are actually like you know what okay I'm willing to open it up but I think for specific races it it does get a little sticky you know um for African-American women it's really tough for Asian men it's really tough a lot of people tend to narrow out the filters with that and a lot of times a lot of them will list their races as rather not say on other websites just so that they don't get filtered out when people are looking and swiping which is really sad because there's so many amazing people you're a lot younger than jim and i how has dating and relationships changed Um, obviously it's changed a lot in the sense that I think tech has changed it a lot, you know, um, 
when I ask people one of the top qualities that they're looking for, the first one that they say is kind, which I always find really interesting because I would think that that's a given. And I think with the dating world now, there's so many options. And one thing that I have learned through this process and what I try to preach to people is because of this phenomenon of being in this queue of people where you're one of many and you know we're in these cities where people are really busy you're not important until you're important so it's one of those things what does that mean so yeah what it means is that a lot of people will get discouraged and be like um he didn't reach out to me so i'm not going to reach out to him and it's like listen i think you should make the first move why not be bold you know just because people think, oh, well, he didn't say anything. He must not be into it. That's not true. Maybe he's busy. And until you guys get on a first date and maybe, you know, he or she realizes that somebody is really cool or worthwhile, that's when maybe they'll start investing the time. So your advice is be bold, be persistent, be open-minded. Absolutely. And put yourself out there, you know, as much as I think that dating ring is the best place that you should be. I do believe in putting yourself out there on other platforms. At the end of the day, dating is sort of a numbers game. The more you do anything statistically, the better odds you have of meeting somebody. So put yourself out there. That's the only way to know the things that are working for you and that aren't working for you. And I think people become more and more surprised as they go along. I know that people that have dated for a while end up coming to me and being like, you know what, I thought this was really important and now it's not. I want to circle back to this thing we were talking about, the influence of tech on our social relations. Yeah. And one thing that's always struck me on Twitter is people who don't necessarily know each other but have a lot of interaction are often really quick to be mean and insulting to people they disagree with. You see this on Facebook Absolutely. sometimes. Is there something about technology giving us this sense of limitless possibilities that somehow encourages a certain offhand lack of humanity? Yeah, it's kind of just made this behavior acceptable. And, you know, in some cases, maybe, I mean, definitely not in terms of attacking one another. I I don't think that's really ever acceptable. But in terms of the, the dating world, for sure, it's made it acceptable to kind of just disappear on people and not, you know, go on dates and then not give somebody the courtesy when they write back to be like, hey, I'd, I'd love to see you again, to easily just be like, I'm sorry, it wasn't a fit for me, but it was really nice to meet you. And, you know, do people, you counsel people to do that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because a lot of people will come to me and be like, I thought we were having really great dates. And then he disappeared. And I'll I'll reach it, out to that person. I'll be like, listen, that behavior is not OK. Is it always a he? Um, no, yeah, kind of. But, <laughs> so you're but, kinda, but you're, the she's do it too. I don't, I don't want to say that they but, don't, but you know. But you're kind of like the, like the, the, the cool sister who says, come on, come on, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, it doesn't, and a lot of people do it probably not maliciously, A, because they feel awkward and B, they feel like, what am I going to say? But at the end of the day, I always hear that people would rather just receive that text and have that be done than the insult of like, Oh, I I couldn't even be bothered to text you back. Now you you mentioned Y Combinator. Yes. So this well, is for startups. Yeah. yeah. And that involves how the company was formed, right? Uh yeah, well so the company was formed in July of 2013, a little prior to Y Combinator, but the founders applied to be part of this seed accelerator um and they got in. Yeah, which okay. which is fascinating to me cuz you know everybody who follows tech and startups knows Y Combinator is this incredibly intense hot house. 
where you're you're competing with all these people who got out of Stanford two minutes ago, right? Right. But hooking up with all these like big pocket venture capital people, yeah. What, absolutely. So what was that like for the, this company with a very different orientation and different the founders with very different backgrounds from your typical sort of you know uh, Silicon Valley tech tech ca- cowboy? Um, mm-hmm. What was that like? Um, so obviously I wasn't a founder, so I wasn't part of Wired Combinator. So I'm speaking secondhand of what but I part what of I've the heard. Yeah, for myth. sure. Sure. Um, I think it was really difficult, obviously, because we didn't have a tech platform. Um, and I think also being female founders, they um, encountered a lot of difficulties in a way. Um, but it really did help shape our company in the sense that we originally were doing group dates and then we have pivoted to one on one blind dates. Uh, which we have pivoted since then. So now what we pivoted to is the current platform, which is the curated one-on-one dates. What they've learned from Y Combinator is that if something's not working, is to pivot. It's not to like waste all your energy on doing something that's not working. That's so fundamental, the whole startup philosophy. Yeah, You don't absolutely. have to get it perfect. You build your minimal, the minimum viable product and then, then keep changing it and as I you And I think obviously market. as like being in Y Combinator, you get a certain type of press, which really helped us a lot. What's been the biggest surprise since you joined the company for you? What's the biggest surprise? I think one of the surprises is that I guess I never realized how brutal people were about dating, Um, how people really judge one another. Um, I sometimes used to say in the beginning, it made me a little bit jaded about going on dates myself, hearing like the feedback at first would tend to be like really nasty. Any gender breakdown on those? Um, no, it's quite even in terms of like, in terms of like the feedback that we get, Mm -hmm. like people are equally rude. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think sometimes some men are a lot more, um, looks based versus women who take personality into account a lot more. Um, I didn't realize that there were so many racial biases for certain people that made it so much tougher for them to date. Those things were surprising to me. Um, you know, it's just been such a wonderful experience just to learn and see the patterns of how people date and the backgrounds that they come from. You know, a lot of people that are young parents that it's a lot harder for them. Uh, one thing that I really was never so aware of but definitely upsets me a little bit is male bias to women that start to hit over 33, 34, 35. They feel like maybe women are going to be past their childbearing age and they want a little bit more time to date first before they get married and you know not a blanket statement to every guy but it's something that really comes up a lot and I really try to push people you know a guy that's 40 is like I don't want a woman that's 34 can you give me like 30 28 and it's like Dude, you're 40. Yeah, you're 40. Like, you know, like... And, and your experience of life is, a, is of a 40-year-old. Your musical tastes are of a 40-year-old. Yeah, it's, it's a completely... Just, yeah, it's also like a generation gap You're going to have there. to live yeah. with this person. Yeah, Exactly. And it's, you know, I, at the end of the day, love is love. If you meet someone organically and they're 10 years older than you, like, kudos. But, you know, can't help what people go for. Shirley Markowitz. Yes. I got your name right You this did. Time. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is How Do We Fix It? So Jim Shirley said, I never realized how brutal people are. It's that kind of sad. That didn't surprise me that much. Did um, me? 
you know, it might have something to do with the mechanics of the process where people are asked to really quantify what they're looking for. And they're also, they have the option of being picky. That's why I I circled back a couple times to this question about does technology, this idea that there's this limitless supply of options out there, does it make you more picky? Does it make you less likely to appreciate the the kind of random human encounter? I think it may also go back more deeply in our society to the foundings of the me generation even before we were kids. Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking, the whole sense that we overestimate ourselves, that we feel... Mm. So many of us feel, in in Garrison Keillor's words, that we're we're slightly better than average, and I think even more than slightly. Okay, but I th- also think that if you think that people being judgmental about other people are saying, "Well, I need a guy who makes X amount of money, or has this kind of career, or I need a woman who has this or that," if you think that's a new thing, you've never read Jane Austen. True, <laughs> you know, absolutely, because everything in those books was about how much money that their potential suitors would make, and people were re- very, uh, um, very yeah, I, I, obsessed with that. Yeah, I guess I'm Print- talking about the overestimation of the self as opposed to the transactional right. ma- nature of finding a mate. So I do think, you know, I'm a, as you know, a big tech advocate, and I think technology has made our lives better in so many ways. But I do think that the turning everything into a market, and I'm the free market guy on the show, right? But I think turning everything in the mar- to a market also has downsides. And I thought, think one thing that's interesting about this company is they actually limit their customers' choices. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that if they can do it right. Because this idea that, oh, just pick up your phone and you, there's a hundred more where that one came from, not only might make you too cavalier and maybe a little cruel in the individual relationships, but also might make you less likely to settle down and become satisfied with someone who might develop into your lifelong partner. We've also had a really big increase in loneliness in America. Surveys have showed over the decades how more and more people say that sometimes or often they feel lonely. So the argument for a company like this or other online dating sites could be a way to reduce loneliness in some cases. Yes, but here I'm going to push back a little bit. A lot of that rise in loneliness is also due to the decline of social institutions. Yes. You know, there was that great book, True. Bowling Alone. Yeah, this that, is Robert that, Putman. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that people, you know, they're not as likely to be involved in their local church, their local Lions Club, their local YMCA. Um, and so, therefore, maybe they're putting too much hope in, if I can just find the right woman, if I can just find the right guy, that will solve my problems. Instead of going out and saying, I'm going to join the local hiking club. I'm going to go help um, you know, clean up a trail on the weekends with a bunch of other people. You know, if you invest everything in that romantic partner, then I think maybe we're asking those relationships to do too much. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.